When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For, for, all, things, for, for all things KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always, game it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. I am Kayla Canaram. Joining me is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and we've got Nick Schwer, our producer. Guys, we have our first regular season Chiefs game under our belt. Uh, we're going to get all into it, but just initial thoughts right off the bat. How are we feeling? We've got to be feeling pretty good, right? Well, I mean, I don't think it could go much better <laughs> if you just escape injuries. If we could just ignore those for one half second because, you know, there's a Thursday night game and people are going to get freaked out about is Mahomes negative x-ray really negative? Whatever, right? Whatever conspiracy theory people want to get down. Uh, the offense was an unstoppable force <laughs> against one of the best teams in the NFC last year. The defense completely held its own, and Patrick Mahomes is out for blood. So if I'm ranking it, yeah, it seems pretty good. Last year, they struggled to beat Cleveland. So this feels like a little bit different of a, I don't know, a little bit different feeling. Even though week one sometimes, Nick, I think we've talked about this, week one sometimes can be a, a bit fake from a larger scale perspective, but it's hard to not look at that and think we're good here. I had that game from Cleveland kind of stuck in my head. I thought, (laughs) okay, this team, they sort of, they sort of started slow last year. They got a lot of new pieces. Tyreek Hill's gone. You've got all these new weapons in the wide receiver room, young defense. Like maybe this, this might be a bit of a sluggish start, not just in week one, but for, for the first month of the year for the chiefs. And, uh, Turns out September Mahomes is a thing that is just never going to go away. At first I thought like, okay, like maybe Mahomes in September, like this can't continue forever. He can't just be like, he's already an alien. He's already the guy that is sort of like broke the NFL. And now he, in the month of September is like another alien. It's like, Hey, if you met this guy, wait till you get a load of September Mahomes because he's even better five touchdowns. And if they needed him to do more, like if the defense would have gave up a few more touchdowns, if the Cardinals looked a little better and they needed Mahomes to go for six or seven touchdowns, I'm I'm convinced he would have done that today if, if that's what they would have asked of him. Exactly. Okay, we're going to get into all of it. As we mentioned, yes, the offense was incredible, especially that guy, Patrick Mahomes, looked absolutely amazing, as you mentioned, Nick, improving to 5-0 in opening games. He tossed five TD passes, no interceptions. He now has 18 touchdowns and no picks in those games. He had 144.2 passer rating, which was his third best in his career. Um, I mean, I feel like every commercial break they were going to, they were listing a new Mahomes either stat or record that he broke both personal and just league wide. He was the first quarterback all time with three plus TD passes in five consecutive season openers. 
Guys, what did we like besides everything? I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of this comes down to the same problems. When we go into this thing, we're like, okay, what's it going to be? Can can Juju Smith-Schuster be a one? I think in our last podcast, we said, can they ask Travis Kelsey to do more? Like, is that even fair? Um, do MVS and McColl have roles? Ooh, who's the best running back? It didn't matter. They all were good. <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco came in the fourth quarter when the game was shot and the Cardinals starters on defense were still in and went for 10 for 62 and a touchdown. Before that moment, it was the best we had seen Clyde Edwards-Alaire since week one of his rookie season. So that was as good as we had seen him since he was very new in this league. Kelsey was still incredible and apparently will never age and will go for a thousand <laughs> yards for the next six consecutive seasons. It doesn't matter. Like all of it worked. I can't, like if I'm going to nitpick anything, it would just be like, well, I felt like the offensive line got Mahomes hit a little bit too much in the first half. <laughs> Only for me to tell you that the stat at the end of the game is that they gave up zero sacks. So can I really be that critical that occasionally a quarterback got hit? No, they, they were perfect. It was a perfectly executed offensive game plan. And Vance Joseph should probably be fired for blitzing Mahomes 54% of the time. But because he did that, Mahomes was nearly perfect. But that's what Vance Joseph does. Like is he is stupid. The- he is, to be stupid. He's the don't give a bleep defensive coordinator. He's just a he's podcast. one of those guys. You can say, you can say the bleep. <laughs> he's, the, he's the I don't give a fuck defensive coordinator. And there are a lot of those guys in the NFL where it's just like, you know what? This is what we do. We're always going to do it. I don't care that Patrick Mahomes annihilates teams who blitz him. We don't trust you. We don't trust all these new weapons. We don't trust that this offense is going to be the same offense that we saw the last four years with Tyreek Hill. That, to me, was the most impressive part because all offseason, we asked the question of what this offense was going to look like without Tyreek. What were they going to have to change? Is it going to be more underneath stuff? Are they not going to be able to take shots deep? I know I'm not a film guy. I don't know if any of us are, so we can't really like break down the tape and tell you exactly what the Chiefs were running. But four quarters of football down in Glendale, I didn't notice anything significantly different from the Chiefs offense than what I've been accustomed to watching the last four years. Like, was there anything? Did you notice anything that where it's like, oh, okay, this is how they're going to change it without Tyreek? They took the shots deep. Like they were going after Juju deep. They went after MVS and Sky Moore deep a couple of different times. Grant, that's bad errors on a defense. I think that should at least be mentioned. But overall, I watched an offense that looked very similar to the one we've seen the last four years. Kayla, I guess what I just can't like, what you know, like we're talking about Vance Joseph and all this stuff is I don't think anybody on this show thought that Mahomes would miss Tyreek. But anytime you're doing those conversations, like mm-hmm. uh, Belichick versus Brady or these, always choose the player. The best player will be the most okay. Like, maybe Tyreek will also be fine. He had perfectly okay numbers in Miami today. But when you, like, the best player will still probably be fine. Like, will Brady be okay without Belichick? Well, he has a mountain full of rings, so probably. And when it comes to ty- like the fact that we even borderline entertain a conversation that included, oh, you know, will he be okay without Tyreek or the people who would ask the question, will Tyreek miss him more? Will he miss Tyreek more? I mean, we answered it in a single week. If you were capable without the top three wide receiver in the NFL to still go out and throw for 360 yards and five touchdowns in three quarters of play, mind you, he didn't even right. play. At the Everything he did in the fourth didn't matter. 
then it doesn't can matter. Talk, can we talk about the tweet now? Which one? The tweet from our own Kayla Kinnearum. It feels like oh, a perfect yeah. Which tweet? I was a about. tweeting fool tonight. You, well, go ahead, no, Cody. I think your exact tweet was, I what was the exact wording? I think it was that <laughs> they would be fine without Tyreek or it didn't matter. No, 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 no. I said, I, I said, whispers, sure said whispers were better without Tyreek. I think is exactly. That, exactly. Do you, do you That's not, it? we're fine without him. We're better. You think they're without. better without Tyreek? I mean, third, first game third overreaction right here, but Ooh, we had 13 offensive weapons who combined for 488 yards, nine different chiefs caught passes. I saw more offensive play from different people in one game than I had in the last few seasons. Nick's been arguing forever that the Packers would be better without Adams because he was such a time suck. And Aaron Rodgers sucked ass today. So I don't know. It's not working out for everyone. Yeah. (laughs) He was terrible. Okay, Cody, that's not how it works in this industry. I know. You prop up the the correct takes that you have. You dismiss the ones where you're wrong. We're not here to (laughs) talk about the Packers today. We're here to talk about the Chiefs offense, which was humming. Can we rewind last week didn't i say that my money was on pacheco to make the biggest impact was that what i said out of the running back group i think you did and i guess or i don't know it's weird because like the, in the new end, guys i said 12 carries 62 yeah. yards a touchdown the Great whole game. 10 the whole 10 threw me off the entire day plus they're like kind of the same stature i kept doing a double take like oh yeah that's not tyreek i don't even care that clyde looked good as i don't even care that clyde looked good as a running back he only had seven carries and was very effective in those seven, including a 19-yard run, which would have been better than any single run he made all of last season. <laughs> like, yeah. So, two, look, two untouched happy, TDs. happy with the run. The, the catches are way more important. He caught I didn't the ball. Realize that, they I didn't threw realize, it to him. I didn't, I didn't know that he only – I mean, I shouldn't say this, but uh, he only had three career touchdown catches last no, season. You, look, you should have – He had you know, three career two last year, yeah. Yeah, and then look, two today in one game. You don't yeah. have to feel bad for not knowing that. It feels. I just like, assumed it was more than that. I don't know. Yeah. I wasn't you, you know up why? on his stats, I guess. No, it's fine. Everyone feels that way because when he came out of the draft, they were talking about him like he was Brian Westbrook. Matter of fact, Andy said he might be better than Brian Westbrook, and that's his own doing. Nobody made him utter the name Brian Westbrook when they got drafted. And Clyde just so happened to have Nick. You Nick, uh, if you don't know this, Kayla, Nick is a Heisman Trophy voter. So, not a big deal. So, not okay. a big deal, Kayla. I'm no. still just a normal guy. <laughs> you know, I put my pants on one leg at a time, just like everybody else. I can't so, believe this took us three podcasts to get to that, but okay. So as a regular follower of college football, Nick probably knows that Clyde Edwards-Alaire might have had the single greatest receiving season at running back in college football history. And so when he came out of college, it was logical he'd catch passes. And we have spent two years him not doing that. So today, when he catches three passes and two of them are for touchdowns, that's not insignificant. That's the much bigger portion than, wow, he also ran well. Because that was never the thing we cared as much about with Clyde. Because I don't. if anyone else, the I think someone could like pull up, a, like if this is a problem with like box score analysis, you could probably pull it up and it would say that the Chiefs had a pretty equal run-pass ratio. And that's not at all what happened. By the end of the third quarter, Andy had passed the ball three times the amount they had run it. Triple. You know why? Because the Cardinals couldn't stop it. They were like, we don't care about running. You can't stop us from passing. So we'll deal with that problem later, which is great. It sets up for teams trying to stop the pass moving forward. And, you know, you might be able to counter with the run in those games. 
Well, going back to, you know, the tweet and I don't know if I would take it as far as the tweet, right? I don't even have to. The, the, it's now known. We all know. We all know what tweet we're talking about. One, it's one game. Time will tell, fellas. Time will tell. I'm confident. You should just say it. I say things all the time and then Nick makes me point out. Normally I'm not one to just throw out hot takes, but I was really amped up tonight. I don't know. Let's just be honest. Okay, guys, we're obviously going to bring this tweet back up multiple times over the course of the year. It's going to be one of the I, predominating topics of this podcast. I also said that we'd see Arizona back in February or come again in February. So be back in Arizona. Yeah. That yes. would be great. She was you know, very confident tonight. I'll, it's tough not to be confident today. And I don't Especially know. Especially what we saw from the NFL as a whole. Like, whoa. Yeah, because so many teams felt like they slept walk through week one. And so you watch that noon slate of games and you see everybody struggling and everybody looking rusty or even going back to Thursday night and watching the Rams, the super defending Super Bowl. And like they just looked like they weren't ready. Now, maybe there's a larger conversation about the teams that don't play any of their starters for the preseason. Say it. Be brave. Say that preseason matters. Uh, well, you know what? You know what might matter? Actually having a quarterback who throws to the players he's going to be throwing to all season long in the preseason. Like, maybe you know, there is some benefit to that. You know, the Stafford thing, the whole telltale sign on that was, did you see the report earlier? It said that they were interested in Jimmy G. They're like, ah, Stafford's broken. <laughs> McVay's like, I got to get I gotta get something different. This isn't going to work. <laughs> oh, God, what if his arm falls off? I better play somebody else at quarterback. Yeah. I, I just think that, you know... For as much was made about, can the Chiefs just maintain? Like, nobody expected the Chiefs to be better without Tyreek. Yeah, I know there were the a same. few people who thought it, but it was just that for four years under Mahomes, they had never finished worse than sixth, sixth in the NFL in points per game. And that's including the season where Mahomes missed significant time because of the injury. So the fact was just that in order for the Chiefs to continue to be Super Bowl contenders, that offense can't be 10th best. It can't be just a good offense. It has to continue to maintain its status as an elite offense. And that, to me, was the biggest sign from today, that if one game was any indication, which in the NFL, oftentimes, you know, one game can be an outlier. But we know what to expect from Mahomes, Reed, Eric Bieniemy, Travis Kelsey. Like, there's still a lot of familiar faces there. And that didn't look like an offense that was missing anybody. No, but it still went the exact way we thought it would. Travis Kelsey is their best weapon. They threw to him a bunch and nobody could guard him. Probably because they tried to put Isaiah Simmons on him the entire game. And I know he's a local kid, but good God, man. Why do that to him? Like just, just mean for the entire game. Then Juju Smith-Schuster was the number one wide receiver, right? That's what we wanted to see mm-hmm. coming out of the game. And then everyone else was good. Val, you know, Marquez had his game. McColl had a quieter game. He had another chance for a couple of bigger plays, but McColl had the quieter game. MVS had the bigger game. Jody Fortson got his touchdown. (laughs) Whatever. It all just happened the way it was supposed to. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Kelsey, no one is having more fun than Travis on the team, I don't feel like. Um, And I just love the leader that he's grown into and become. Obviously, he's in his 10th season, so I would hope so. But I just loved how he was – he just roots – for everyone, all the new guys, all the rookies, like he is everyone's biggest fan. That just makes me happy to see. He's just a completely different player from when he was drafted. I was a uh, God. I was at the press conference in the, the locker room. I think I had asked him a question, unfortunately, after a playoff <laughs> loss in which he said, though, the referees were so bad, they couldn't even work at Foot Locker. 
And you're like, mm, dynamite <laughs> stuff, good stuff. And look, I was happy that that was the response I got to a question. But it's also like they were a different team then. The second Mahomes realized they could actually win stuff, he became a different player. Like, wow, we can do important things. But also, I'm on record as saying he'll never age. He is going to, like, I know that this, like the hot take stuff, Kayla, whatever. I, I'm not just saying this to say it for the purposes of a podcast or a radio show or anything. I legitimately think that Travis Kelsey will have at least four more consecutive 1,000-yard seasons before it stops. Like, I don't just say that, like, blindly. There is absolutely Wait, how many more? four, including this one. He, there you is, know, he turns 33 this year. There is zero evidence at all to support that he is going to decline. None. There's not a single moment in which you're like, I don't know, maybe Kelsey doesn't have it anymore. No, every day he walks this earth, he does it like a 27-year-old man ready to catch another 1,300 yards. It doesn't make sense, Nick. I don't like, so it's like, it, it shouldn't. And I don't, again, I don't just say it because I think that it's like hot takey or out of there. Like that's legitimately the number I think he can get to before he starts to show any kind of where. Cause it doesn't make is, sense. It doesn't make sense. Like, you know, your hall of famers, your exceptions. Yeah, I know. I'm not trying to <laughs> draw a parallel between myself and Travis Kelsey, but like, <laughs> I wake up with I wake up with a, a sore. I'm 30, you know. I wake up with a sore shoulder sometimes. Like I didn't. I just slept, you know. And then I wake up with injuries, and that didn't that didn't happen prior to age 30. And this guy's out there playing football. He's playing NFL football, a violent sport, and yet somehow, in a year when he's about to turn 33, at a position that typically sees a pretty dramatic drop off at this point in their career. He is the same guy he's always been. Like the, the 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 first touchdown he had in the first quarter, like that was a big boy catch. That was, hey, I'm bigger, stronger, more athletic than you. I'm just going to jump up and out physical you at the point of catch. And that was the play where I was like, well, looks like Kelsey's still good to go. Well, year. and then he also had a 40-yard gain on a precision route where Mahomes dropped an absolute dime. But yep. Kelsey was outrunning his defender. Like, that, by the he, way, by the way, that may have been the best throw of the game. Yeah. That, that was the he literally could only put it in one spot and Mahomes put it right there. Kayla, do you also like to compare yourself to professional athletes? It's actually one of my favorite things to do in an interview. I once told <laughs> Joe Carter about a home run I hit in a championship game. As you don't, if you may or may not know, is this a football podcast? Joe Carter once hit the walk-off home run for game six of a World Series. So me telling him, like he won a World Series on a home run, me telling him about my home run that was in a game in which we were already leading by 10 doesn't really hold Whiffle the ball. same. Whiff, no, it was, it was like even... a, no, it was a real baseball game. Okay. It was a real I baseball game. I think that's a guy game, thing. I was like, oh, is that what it is? It's just, <laughs> that kind of probably tracks. I mean, <laughs> I did dance. So it's like, I can't really relate to, I mean, I went for a five mile run over the weekend. Now my kneecaps feel like they're going to pop off, but. You never met a professional dancer and been like, well, one time I also had to perform under a great duress. <laughs> Came yeah. up on the other side incredibly. Yeah, can you relate to that? Yeah. <laughs> I can or still just... hair flip. I, I don't see any football I... players doing that, so I don't know. That's fair. It's good. What kind it. of dance are we talking about? Like the movie Center Stage? Or that's, oh my that's about my gosh. dancing reference. I could do a full podcast on Center Stage. We'll say that for another day. That was like bonus episode. Bonus bonus center stage. <laughs> stay tuned. Uh no, I was training classical ballet for 15 years and then I danced for three years at Mizzou. 
Well, that's, yeah, that's intense. My daughter is currently six and in regular dance, she's in dance classes for the first time regularly. Uh, it causes her great emotional stress. You're she doesn't know how to do dad. any of it. And she is just, Aww, it's a lot. She'll get it. It's overwhelming, but stick with it. That's well, I feel point. like I can't help because I don't think I can memorize those moves and help her practice while we're home. I don't think I'm, I'll try, but I, I don't think it's going to help mm. her in the long run. Oh, I, I definitely used my dad. My dad and brother were both in way too many nutcrackers growing up. We had to use them as people in the party scene. Anyway, we're getting off track. I'm just going to start a TikTok. It's going to happen to you at some point, Cody. I'm, I'm going to start a TikTok where all I do is try to learn my daughter's dance moves from her six-year-old hip-hop class. That's that will, what she's in, by the that way. Will go she's viral. in hip-hop dance. That's a good bit, actually. So she like was that. learning body rules the other day, something I definitively oh. cannot do. I see Ballet is yes. so the opposite of hip hop. I still can't do hip hop. I would love to though. It's never it's too late. Too hard to learn. for a ballerina. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's too rigid to go through okay. the next thing. Okay, well, back to football. Okay, so question for you guys: Outside of Mahomes, who are you giving your game ball to after today? Oh man! So I before you know there were a couple of players that I thought impressed me on defense, but if I choose someone on defense, that feels kind of lame. And because we just got done talking Travis Kelsey, I'm even going to eliminate him from my conversation for I just a moment that. for the purposes of let's do this. I think there are two options outside of those two players who are both great. I think one, despite the fact he fumbled twice and lost one of them, Juju Smith-Schuster actually played really well. His first catch was on a third down to convert it that eventually led to a touchdown drive. He was their most consistent wide receiver. He was consistently open. He was physical. He was good in the blocking game. Fumbles happen. Players fumble. They lose them sometimes. I don't think that that's a distract from the fact that he had a really, really good game. The other guy I'd give it to is Nick Allegretti, right? I mean, Trey Smith went down in the first quarter. I didn't even talk about the offensive line the rest of the time. I never once complained about Allegretti. We did nothing but talk about how good Trey Smith has been. Those Wait, that's your that's your criteria for giving away game ball is that we didn't complain about him? Uh, with offensive linemen, yes. That's pretty much their main criteria for being good. <laughs> is that if we just don't notice you're playing football... Nice work. Look, <laughs> sometimes if they're great at it, we're like, wow, he's constantly destroying another human. But when you're the backup offensive lineman, all I want to do is not complain about you. Okay. I feel like, I don't know if this is cheating or not. I'll let you guys decide. Um, I want to give my game ball to Eric B. Enemy. Oh, well. Now, oh. And the troops? No, the troops and the <laughs> teachers and the doctors. No, I want to give it to Eric B. Enemy because... We didn't know what this offense was going to look like, and we didn't know schematically how much the Chiefs were going to have to change what they did. And I get it. Like, we could make the jokes about, like, who's really running the plays, who's really sure. calling it. Is it Andy Reid? Is it Eric Bieniemy? He's um, a part of it. Yeah, I mean, unless you just want to be that person who's just like, no, Eric Bieniemy is just like a clipboard holder, which I do not believe to be the case. And you got to – it's a – I mean, we, we joked at the front about – is this offense better? Could it be better without Tyreek Hill? I don't know. We'll, we'll see. It's It'd be pretty tough yes. to – okay, I, we know where Kayla stands. We know <laughs> where Kayla stands. But it'd be tough, like, because of the, how dominant that offense was, but just the mere fact that through one game, they looked as good as they've ever looked. Like, you can't argue against that. Like, you said it at the beginning there, Kayla, the third highest quarterback rating of Mahomes' careers. And – we could sit here and do a whole episode on all of the great historic games, like our top 10 Patrick Mahomes games. Like these are not new to him to go out there and just completely look perfect for four quarters. But now all of a sudden he's doing it without 
the league's best game breaker, right? Right. Like that's what Tyreek Hill was at the receiver position. I loved some of the stuff you saw, especially around the goal line. Like for so long, we've kind of criticized the play calling, you know, in the red zone for being too cute because they didn't have a good enough running game. Like I didn't hear one criticism about play calling. They all worked, which helps. Yeah. Every (laughs) single play worked. So it, it went well. Um, and, you know, going back to BNME earlier this week, like he seemed really excited. He seemed really excited to showcase this new oh. Chiefs offense. So I don't know if that's cheating because who knows who's actually calling the plays, you know, what percentage of the pie you want to give to him versus Andy Reid. But he's the OC. So by default, I'm giving it to him because that was, uh, I mean, that was an A+. plus. That was an A-plus performance from a play-calling standpoint. They ran plays – that were both five wide and they ran 1994 I formation. You're like, but this office makes no sense. Like, <laughs> I mean, it does, but it doesn't because they'll run any kind of diverse set of things you could possibly imagine. Kayla, who was yours, by the way? Was it Justin Reed? I mean, I feel like I considered him because he also I mean, kickoffs. Should I say that? that? Yeah. I mean, I, that's a pretty good answer. I don't have an argument for it. Or could it be Bucker going out there and kicking on one foot for the that was wild. Yeah, who okay, let's just do let's just do it like this. Who was the most valuable kicker today for the Chiefs? Was it Justin <laughs> Reed coming in as the backup or Reed. was it Harrison Bucker playing hurt? It's I Reed. Mean, yeah, yeah, it's definitely Reed. He had way more work, man. Those kickoffs, they kept scoring touchdowns, so he just had to kept do he had to keep doing that. Right. It's not great to lose your kicker when you score a lot of touchdowns. I do also think that we should officially start a petition with the NFL. They got to move they got to shrink the goalpost. They they got to be smaller. NFL kickers are stupid. This is ridiculous. He took one step and made a 54-yard field goal. Those used to be impossible. Wait, so you think because of Harrison Bucker being good at kicking, they That's need the whole, to make it's the whole week. Minus what about the, all of minus the, the Cincinnati kicks? Pittsburgh? Minus that one. Say, I don't, I don't did you not see the 12 o'clock slate of games? Nobody could make a kick. Minus that one in Tennessee's kicker. Minus those two. And maybe a third one that I don't remember now. I was like, okay, so kicking is back in a big way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I think I think Justin Reed should, like the next time he's not feeling great, Harrison Butker should have to come in and play a few snaps at safety. Just, <laughs> so, like, just so he can get a rest. You, Do you know? imagine how bad he would get torched? Oh, my God. He just There's just no way, man. He would get wrecked. There's just the he's better so athlete was the Well... Butker's kind of tall. He's just, he's just so lean. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's so like lean. A buck, he's like a buck 80. I don't think he's yeah. going to last too long out there against NFL tight ends. But it'd be no. fun. It'd be great content for us. Selfishly. He's got to play like center field. And you just got to hope that the guy who's on the man coverage gets his job done. Like you got to hope <laughs> that you're the safety valve and they don't need it. <laughs> because yeah. that's the only way you're going to have a single successful rep. That 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 I'm at least pretty sure so, because I mean Justin Kay- Reed was was yeah look we got tied up in the kicking stuff Nick Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill had really good games and we were legitimately worried about what was going to happen in the absence of Tyron Matthew because of what he did for this team and it went pretty well. Which no, we're not here to talk about that. We're not here to talk about them kicking. doing their actual jobs. Kayla, how's like? Will you take me through like like sort of your mental process when you saw Justin Reed out there kick? Like how like. Well, we talked about this before the show. I had no idea Justin Reed could kick. That was not on my radar. Obviously, I have not been following him until this year, really. Um, you know, Nor did depth. he kick in so, Houston, so I don't know that you would have picked so up. So, yeah, so, like, 
were you were you confused <laughs> did you think this was like a practice rep like because if you're not armed with the knowledge that he right. was taking picks that had to have been a very confusing sequence it was yes um i had to do a double take and then i'm like wait our safety's going in to kick field goals and <laughs> kickoffs that's weird um and then i looked at looked it up after the game and saw that this is actually something that we've been practicing with special teams during think- the preseason Funny enough, I had no idea, which is rare. Like, this is cool that we can utilize someone else in the kicking role. I swear to God. One of the few teams that can do this, apparently. Kayla, I really think it was an accident. (laughs) I think that they heard that he could kick, and then they were like, let's have fun at practice, guys. And Andy got everyone together and look at Justin Reed, the sideshow freak. Kick field goals from 50 yards. And then he made a lot of them, and they were like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm." well, nobody has a back. This is interesting. So tell me more. And then it was like two days later at training camp. My co-host and I, Alex, were up there. We're up there for every training camp. And it's nickel attest. Most of our observations of the things we see on the field don't pass as interesting or matter for that for that fact. But because but they a- aren't interesting no, and they don't correct. matter. Like when the safety's <laughs> kicking field goals, I said, okay. Like, let's go ahead and wrap this up. This isn't real football. <laughs> but it was because Butker left injured. So they really still wanted to have special teams practice. So all of the normal special teams guys played and Justin Reed made seven of nine. And they're like, hmm. and then they got to a preseason game and they're like, eh, it's mess around time. Again, a little bit more. Let's let him kick in a game. Oh, he can kick. No other team has a backup kicker solution. It is going back to the uh, Indianapolis Colts offensive coordinators position more on Tom Moore on when Peyton Manning got hurt. They got asked him a long time ago. They're like, Hey, Jim Sorge never takes a single snap in practice. Are you worried about that? He's like, well, that's the problem if we're fucked and we don't plan being fucked. So we're not going to do that. So nobody ever has a backup kicker plan because you know, you're screwed. So why have one? Um, you know, the punter does the kickoffs and then we just go for two every time. That's the solution. That's every team's solution. And all of a sudden they're like, no, we'll let, Justin Reed really kick. My, my, I think my the thing I miss is I really wish would have found out if they would have let him try like a thirty-seven yarder if Butker couldn't come back in. They wouldn't have let him try that fifty-four, but would they have let him try thirty-eight? Because I think they would have. If it was like fourth and thirteen from thirty-eight, I think he kicks the field goal. I think once he missed the extra point, Andy said, "Okay, this fun little experiment's over." <laughs> he kept doing kicks though. He kept doing kickoffs. But then he just crushed it during kickoffs. Yeah, I, was like, I know. Where did this come from? It's so weird. If he, and I, think- that's the thing. If he could have actually, like, if Justin Reed is a viable NFL kicker, we have to completely rethink the way that teams build their rosters. Like, how many other Justin Reeds are out there? That is right? so they efficient just, by us. I love it. Hell yeah, it is. Are on the roster. I don't know. He might figure it out, though, man. He was already joking about Veach needing to put in some kicking incentives. Can't just be making me do double duty. I'm going to need some- <laughs> Yeah, great. Anybody, there's nobody else on the roster who's doing double positions and playing both ways. So this isn't high back. school in the 2000s. We're not doing this. Do we Can think I this is a little? Do you think we're going to see more of this Thursday? Uh, if Harrison is another no, percent. No, if Harrison couldn't go, they would find some off the street okay. kicker, right? Right? Yeah. It was fun for a game, but it makes me a little nervous. Yeah, I don't think they would continue wanna... doing it. It's only fun when you're up by three touchdowns the whole right. game. Right. Could you imagine yes, if that game the was... safety kick? <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> if it was 23-20 in the fourth and you're like, oh my God, what do we do? <laughs> we'll let this guy keep kicking. Yeah, good news. Didn't have to worry about it. So it came at a perfect time. 
Exactly. All right. Well, we talked about this a little already, but Clyde Edwards Alaire is a different player this season. Obviously, he's, you know, getting the ball a little more now that someone else isn't around. Uh, what did we think of him as a whole today? I was very Again, impressed. It's the best he's looked since he was a rookie. Yeah. Those first, what, was it four games maybe when he was a rookie? We were like, we're six. Clyde was, you know, like a rookie of the year favorite almost. He'd had that near 200 all-purpose yard game. And then he yeah, got it was, hurt. It was the first game of his career was yeah. the best game of his career. But, but like the, you know, the games after that, he was still doing enough that people were like, wow, Clyde is legitimate. All the way up to when he first got hurt in his NFL career. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of never the same. And then last year, oh, wow, Clyde looks good. Got hurt. Never the same. So I, I'll, I'd be lying if I said if I'm not approaching this with a little bit of trepidation that, that you know, the shoe will drop. It's as good as he's looked since that first game, since that game, because he was good in the passing game. He was running for, you know, six yards a carry during the entire stretch. He was explosive. He looked free. He hit every hole, like whatever. I mean, there weren't any misses. He did the job that he was asked to do to perfection today, but they also didn't abuse him, which I like. When you got to the important parts of the game and they had clearly blown him out, him and Jarek McKinnon at halftime had the identical number of carries, the identical number of touches. They were doing the same thing. They're just doing it. They did. Know. They were. They. I think they both had 18 snaps in the first half. So it's. Yeah. It's not like he was the only guy out there. No. Mm-hmm. And Pacheco only had two or three to that point, which was kind of fun in a dynamic part because, like, when they had to just like end the game and just like put the hammer down, Pacheco was just waiting for there. I wouldn't care if that was their strategy, even in a close game. We're gonna we're gonna wear you down with these two guys, and now it's close, and it's a four point lead, and now we're gonna bring in a guy with completely fresh legs, and we're going to bulldoze you, because that's like Clyde's never been that back, but they use him around the goal line, which is where Daryl used to steal from him the year before, which means Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon aren't gonna steal from him anymore, so he can be more valuable from a touchdown perspective, which has never been his strength, and he just ran better. He looked more confident, but also he was talking that way, Nick. Like when we listened to him in preseason, he seemed genuinely mad at all of us when we made we all hey we all got on Twitter the second he had to leave one practice he missed a, he missed the beginning of a practice in training camp because yeah. he had some injury we didn't know about and we're like well here we go again and Clyde <laughs> so stepped to the podium the, yeah and he stepped up to the podium the next day full of piss and vinegar like he seemed motivated to shut yeah, but us that, all yeah, up, be, which is fine good and that's fine because he. What is on the physically he was on the pup list, so he didn't practice. And he was like, Yeah, I don't know what that was all about. I'm sure he's tired of hearing about it too. Like, yeah, I would think so. We we we, we all talk about how Clyde was a first round pick, and then Jonathan Taylor was taken after him, and last year he leads the league in rushing. Like, I'm sure Clyde hears all of that. The reality is, I think with the Chiefs, the way that, that the the Chiefs offense is always gonna run under Andy Reid is that. There's never going to be a true number one. Like he uh, may be the most cream talented guy, maybe, but that was it, right? When you're an elite talent, it's like okay, well, this guy's head and shoulders above everybody yeah. else. But like for the most part, it's going to be a timeshare. Jarek McKinnon's going to get touches. Isaiah Pacheco's going to get touches. Now, if the game were closer, Clyde probably would have played more than he did down the stretch. But there was no need to push it, especially a guy at his position who's got a history of being injured. Why run him into the ground in week one when you're blowing the other team out? But this is the best opportunity he's ever had to just kind of take the reins of that spot. Again, I think I think McKinnon and Pacheco are both going to have roles on this team. But Clyde also talked this offseason about how 
this is the first time in his NFL career where he hasn't spent some significant portion of the summer rehabbing from an injury where he hasn't had to like, because I think, what was it last year? Did he have like gallbladder surgery? Yeah. And he came in underweight and a whole bunch of weird stuff. So these aren't even find out about that until like way after the fact. But So these aren't even like injury concerns, right? It's not even like, oh, is this going to hamper him? It's like, no, he's never had a full off season to just fully prepare for football. You know what's weird is like, Nick, I never, I don't think, I I told you, I don't think he deserved the chance to just like, don't just give him the job. What the hell? Mm-hmm. He's barely been on the field. Daryl got a thousand yards last year. That's what he did in his best year, right? A thousand all-purpose yards. I'm like, he didn't deserve to just be given the job. But today was a bit of a reminder that when everyone's healthy and everything's going great, he's their most talented running back. Like, I, I think I can accept that reality. They can put them all three on the field. And the simple answer for who is the Chiefs' best running back to me is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Unless either of you see it different than that. Today no. it was definitely him. I'm eating humble pie because I was a little hard on him last week. And I said that we need someone bigger and beefier. And he proved me wrong today. But that guy, that bigger, beefier guy, Caleb, I feel like that's Pacheco. That's yeah, why exactly. It's a good like balance. Yes. Exactly. Like, I think there are... I think all three of those guys and Rojo wasn't active. Who knows what the whole plan is for him. Save him Uh, in case someone gets hurt. Yeah. I mean, seriously, but those three guys that we saw play, like to me, they all have very specific roles. Clyde is going to be your sort of your every down back, so to speak, but Pacheco is going to get in the mix. They like him as a receiver. Like there were a few plays where they split him out wide I think he's probably your best back near the goal line if you want to run those power run situations, which the mm-hmm. Chiefs don't do a ton of. But if it's third and one, Pacheco's probably the guy I want to have the carry because he is more of a north-south. I'm just going to sort of try and bulldoze you over. And then McKinnon's your third down back. He is your and best receiving, receiving back. back. Yeah. yeah, we saw that today. We saw him rip off that big reception. So I feel like in this Chiefs offense, if this is the way it's going to be post Tyree Kill. A lot of mouths to feed, and I feel like this coaching staff is looking at all these different dudes and saying, there's not one guy besides Kelsey that we can rely upon game in, game out, doesn't matter the matchup, doesn't matter what we're trying to run, he's going to get his. Everybody else, it's sort of like, this is what you do best. This is your strength. We are going to utilize that. It may not be every game. You may not eat every single Sunday, but there are going to be situations where it's like it may be Pacheco's day one day. It may be Clyde's day one day. That's what it was today. So I think he's definitely the most talented back. And like at the end of the year, he'll probably be the most productive. But I I, I see all three of these guys having roles all year. I guess it's kind of funny with them is you forget last year, even though they had all the trouble with the running backs and Clyde was hurt again. And it felt like it was just Daryl. And he never like wowed you, wowed you. He just like did the job that they were middle of the road in the NFL rushing yards. Yeah. 15th. You're like, weird. Oh, that's surprising. Now look, teams were pretty much daring them to run. That's what, again, was so confusing about the game today. I just, just real back, back to Vance Joseph. Just one more time, Nick. It doesn't, (laughs) it just, it doesn't make sense. There is four years of Patrick Mahomes as a full-time NFL starter. And every single piece of evidence supports the idea that you should not blitz Patrick Mahomes. Matter of fact, after I watched Matt Stafford get blitzed exactly zero times in that Thursday night game, I wondered to myself, 
will these teams just stop blitzing great quarterbacks altogether? And then there's Vance Joseph, who rolls in and blitzes a quarterback more than 50% of the time and gets absolutely punished for it. So I'll be honest, I don't think that the Chargers are going to fall into that same trap. I don't think that the offense will look as fluid as it And it'll be a completely different test. I just don't think it will look the same as it did against the Cardinals because you'd be foolish to make that mistake. Like, you'd be foolish to blitz them 54% of the time again. So, like, that's where all the running game comes into factor. When teams stop doing that, when they stop blitzing and bring everyone back, that's when we'll need Pacheco and Clyde and Jarek mm-hmm. at their best because that's when teams will be daring them to run again. When you blitz him, Mahomes is never going to hand the ball off because he'll he'll beat you anyway. It doesn't matter. I don't. I, he doesn't care about the running game at that point. One thing that we haven't even mentioned yet is that Mahomes – kind of sustained an injury today, which is leads yeah. me into our injuries. We had a couple kind of right off the bat. What is our level of concern with these injuries? Okay. So I guess where do we order, start? <laughs> Mahomes is dead last because they said it was negative and he played the entire game. Yes. And I don't know. He played it pretty good and he Didn't heard it in like him. the first quarter. So, I mean, he's the quarterback, so there's always a little bit of concern, but eh, pretty much. I think because of that, you cannot put him dead last. He is your franchise quarterback. You kind of need him to be healthy. So, so what do I got? I mean, I can't put him dead last. I mean, you can put they, him once, you can put him one spot ahead of Butker. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Fine. <laughs> Butker dead last because I got, you know, Justin Reed. So problem solved. Right. Then, then Patrick. Then it's between the guys in Trey Smith and Trent McDuffie that mm-hmm. probably bring up that category. McDuffie is obviously the most concerning um, for the game on Thursday, even because I know they might not have Keenan Allen because Keenan Allen has also suffered an injury today. And he has made it seem like mm, the hamstring is going to be tight. But uh, I, did you watch any of those throws Justin Herbert made again today? My God, man, he makes like, I know that we're in love with Mahomes here and that's fine. And he is the best quarterback in the NFL. The only other guy in the NFL who makes some of those throws is Herbert. Have he you guys guys seen, going 90 miles an hour in the opposite direction. It makes no sense. Have you guys seen the bot? You know, those like Boston dynamics robots. Yeah. Yes. But they look like dogs and they can like climb trees. And, and I constantly think they're going to eventually take over humanity. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah, right. exactly. And they scare me. They scare me because I'm like, this, this thing is too good at, they're better than humans, right? The, yes. They're more efficient. They're stronger. They're faster than humans. Like that's what scares me. That's what Justin Herbert reminds me of. Like he is one of those robots built in a laboratory, (laughs) except the only thing they taught him how to do was throw a football. Yes. He's so freaking good at it. So I kind of like McDuffie back. I don't even know how good McDuffie is. I just want all of our cornerbacks. I want everybody. We need numbers if the (laughs) Chiefs are going to have a chance at slowing that offense down. Like, Allegretti did a pretty good job in the absence of Trey Smith. He's not the mauler. He's not going to push everyone down. You're not going to get these highlight real things where it looks like he's just enjoying physically assaulting people on the football field. Like, you're not going to get those plays out of Allegretti versus Trey Smith, so you're going to miss that. Especially you're going to miss, you know, a good blocker against a very good defensive line in the Chargers. But Herbert and no corners – is you know because it's not just corners nick it's like it's almost like if they just had a veteran back there you'd feel so much different but you know that if mcduffie doesn't play the two guys behind them are a fourth round rookie corner and a seventh round rookie corner look jalen watson had a nice pass breakup it's not me i want to find out how we would look against herbert because herbert's one of the quarterbacks that even if keenan allen doesn't play he can bury you with dude you've never heard of before 
Like uh, the, the guy today in the, the Cardinals game, who ended up, I think, maybe being their leading reserve, Greg Dorched. Greg Dorched of the world with... Excuse me? <laughs> with, <laughs> That's with, not a real football player. It is. He doesn't run an HVAC uh, company in the offseason. He actually is a real <laughs> football player named Greg Dorched, and he was their leading receiver today. Seven catches for 63 yards. Okay. He was only in there because they had multiple injuries. Pete, Pete Sweeney and I have probably went back and forth on this multiple times because I'm like... I'm pretty sure a five foot seven guy named Greg Dorched is not a yes, agreed, Nick. Not a real football player. Impossible. Made up. That's a that's one of like those Madden creative player, and they just give you a random name at the beginning. That's Greg Dorch. And you're the only weirdo who like puts your real height. You're like, I'm gonna make him my height. He's five seven. You're like, oh, come <laughs> on, man. Like he's gonna play NFL wide receiver in a video game. Make him six three, like everyone else. Okay, so we're gonna talk like, yeah. Herbert can do that. It's scary. We're gonna talk more about the Chargers game on Wednesday. Yes. So this will be a fun little change of pace here. We're doing a preview. But Kayla, before we wrap this up, I feel like you and I should take not one, but two victory laps. Cody, you can sit here and watch because oh. not oh. only <laughs> is Jody Fort's season full effect, but you're a start on your bet against Cody, the Juju Smith-Schuster over 1,000 yards this year. Because That's 79 right. receiving yards 79 today for Juju. On six receptions, so, yeah. Congratulations to you, Kayla. 2-0 and so far to start the year. Cody, do you have anything to say for yourself? Well, that would be on pace for 1,300 yards. So bad start. Bad start for me. But in my defense, Kayla also talked trash on Kansas football that is now 2-0. and And her Missouri oh, Tigers I wasn't got... even going to bring it up. Whipped. Guys. Whipped. I wasn't so even going to bring it up. Well. We were doing so well. I don't even want to talk about it. I didn't even watch. I did not watch after the rain delay. I didn't come back. I was all into to. Texas, Alabama. And I'm like, I'm not going to ruin my day today. So we're just going to keep that off. I was yeah. looking at updates, but it just wasn't worth it. I didn't want I that negativity in my that, life. Is it what, what odds do you think we would have put on five years ago that Kansas football would have a better quarterback than a team in the SEC? Like within five years, I would have told you that was possible because that's definitely happened between KU and MU right now. Because Cook is terrible. I was at a, I put my relationship on the line last night. I was at oh. a wedding. <laughs> the the father of the bride is giving the speech. It's like an emotional speech. He's sort of tearing up. And Kansas is in overtime versus West Virginia. And I've got the I've got <laughs> a phone sitting like on my app. Wasn't obvious that I was watching the game. Like everybody's just like kind of like, oh my gosh, this speech so amazing. And meanwhile, I'm watching ESPN Plus <laughs> on my phone. So, girlfriend wasn't super happy about it, needless to say. But um, you know the things we do, the things we do for our teams, guys. In your defense, when was the last time a Kansas football game was interesting at any point during the <laughs> fall at all, dude? I've never. That's why, I, that's why I've never cared about fall weddings because it's like I'm not missing much. You're like, oh, this Saturday was, in the fall? This will be fine. Yeah, it's Kansas fine would have already played at 11, or if they were playing at 7 o'clock, it's against And they're losing team. by 40, yeah. So <laughs> it's never mattered until this weekend. But, um, yeah, Jody Fortson now with Fortson. Uh, Fort season. Fort season, full effect. By the way, his stat line is my favorite from today. One reception one for one yard and one touchdown. That is efficiency. That's the Jody Fortson patented stat line, by the way. <laughs> bring him in one the or two line. catches for a touchdown you know we joke about him but it's very obvious that when he's on the yeah. field in the red zone Mahomes is looking his way 
because he's a monster. Yeah, he's massive. He's athletic. Mahomes is like, I'll just chuck it up to him and he'll go make a play. He must just not be fast enough to be like an everyday NFL tight end, but he gets down there and it doesn't matter. You don't have to be like the fastest guy. You just got to be like kind of shifty and a giant. So they're like, well, he's kind of shifty and a giant. We'll do this because his career stat line essentially mimics what you're talking about. Kayla, all he does is catch touchdowns. That's it. He just exists for one reason. I I can't think of a single other NFL player that I remember doing it to this effect if this continues this season. The way it was before he got hurt and the way it is now makes no sense. He has six (laughs) targets, six catches, three touchdowns in his career. (laughs) They never missed him. Every time Mahomes targets him, he completes the pass. And half of those times are for a touchdown. So what's our over-under? What's our over-under for Jody Fortson touchdowns this year? Three and a half? What? What do you think? Six and a half? That's conservative. I told you. I'm going over that for sure. Yeah. I'd say like six. I think it's going to be six. You said six before the season, so there's no reason for you to back off of it now. He's already (laughs) got the one. Off to a great start. He's on pace for 17. All you have to do is assume his production will dip a little bit. He'll still be fine. If he finishes this season with like 12 catches for 37 yards and eight touchdowns, I'm going to be like, what the hell? What the hell are we doing here? And no NFL team will figure out how to defend him. And when they do, they'll be like, that's it. You know what? They're inside the five. We got to lock down Jody Fortson. <laughs> then Travis Kelsey is just going to catch the touchdowns, and they'll have a lot of very serious regrets. It's the All right. Well, we are looking ahead on Wednesday, correct, guys? Yes. The Chargers, yes, Thursday indeed. night football. We cannot wait. That is Nick Schwartz. That is Cody Tapp. I'm Kayla Canaram. This is It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Enjoy the win, Chiefs Kingdom, and we will be back with you on Wednesday.